So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit, you have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you gotta compete. Welcome to Thin Air. I'm doing my thistle, my nizzle, my nizzle. I work me the price on the middle, the middle. I keep me a bag on skittle, the skittle. Trying to get you a radical feeling. A real automatic, it came with no sin. Automatic, all this trapping, it got you offended. I'm trapping a three, six, Hello, friends. You're listening to the Faster Below Average Podcast. Today is Monday, the 29th, 2 fine, 2 9 of July. Whoa. My name is Kamish. Yeah. Um, and the guy who just dropped a big old whoa on you is Archie. What's up, Archie? Not much. Uh, you remember that time when we, I think we did it on the podcast, where we gave each other squadron numbers and we had to guess the uh, the mascot? Yeah. That was pretty eye-opening, because I realized outside of group one, I didn't know anything. Yeah, but that's okay, because uh, we're the most comprehensive podcast about the Air Force Academy about only our direct experiences and we pretty much have on blinders for everything else well it's kind of that's maybe, okay maybe because... it's believable now when we will sometimes have people ask if we went to the academy and maybe it's just because they're like these there's no way these guys went to the academy they don't know anything yeah there's a lot about like running fmba and doing this podcast that kind of blows my mind another thing that just quite frankly blows my mind is how many people listen to this and we very much appreciate it, and we especially appreciate those of you who have rated, sub- subscribed, and written reviews about us. But it always surprised me when I'll, I'll log in and I'll look at our analytics and stuff, and we'll have like 600, 700 downloads. Yeah. And I just think, wow, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. And one thing that has really been surprising is how many people say that they listen to us in the gym. Yeah. Which I... I don't know. I've tried doing the podcast thing in the gym before, and I think if you're doing, like, cardio, you know, and you're just kind of mindless stuff, that works. But you talk about being surprised by those 600, 700 downloads. I see those, and I'm just like, thank God I can stop downloading now that I got past 500 because I spent the last two days that's a good point. downloading, un- undownloading, if that's the right word, if you computer science majors out there, and then re-downloading over and over again. That's a really good point. Um, so I, I did want to just start out and say shout out to everybody who is in the gym listening to us right now. Um, I guess that kind of makes us personal trainers in a way. Yeah, I, do you think? I think that's fair. Yeah. So I was saying this earlier. We've, we've already started the podcast once. We had some technical difficulties. But I was saying before this recording that we – didn't get up, and by we, um, basically we, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Actually, if we win and it's me, then it's it's my win. Uh, but we lose as a team, and so I am responsible for getting the podcast out, and we recorded the one that was released yesterday on July 10th, and then this one we're recording, and, and I got it out on July 28th. This one we're recording on the 29th, and I need to get it out on the 29th, because if I don't today then it's not going to go up for a little while. So Yeah, then we're in a we're stuck, and one in, a, thing, we're stuck in a one podcast a month cycle. Yeah, and I and I actually went back and listened to yesterday's obviously I was listening to it while I was producing it. 
And what I did realize is that a lot of stuff hadn't happened yet. So Mountain West Media Day hadn't happened yet. The 2019 Air Force Football Media Guide hadn't come out. So a lot of information on that was not great. Um, so we will cover a few of the developments that has come from that and then if a little bit more of the research that we've done. Um, but there's actually, we have a few things on the front of Behind Enemy Lines. We don't really do segments anymore. I've kind of realized that. We stay pretty topical. Um, so I did want to bring back later on a soups list. And then um, we also had some news about some graduates and things like that. So the first thing I did want to get into, um, I, I don't even think since we recorded the last one, it was made official, but I didn't look into the details of it, exactly what it means, but Austin Cutting, I guess, has been completely cleared and is allowed to now go play for the Minnesota Vikings, and so we started training camp only a few days ago, and so now he'll be able to get through camp and then hopefully be able to sign with them and be able to play throughout this entire season. So that's a, that's an exciting thing. And then obviously, I see that I'm not 100% sure what happened with it retroactively. If Garrett Griffin, for example, if this goes to him, because uh, I spoke to him a few months ago and he pretty much said he was in this weird limbo to where he was attached to the Air Force Academy, but they told him he was just allowed to go and play and do all the workouts and practice and all that stuff. And then I guess he showed up for a few months over the summer and that was really it. So uh, that was kind of a wild turn of events yeah so that's i mean so austin still needs to basically make the team right so we can wait for training camp and then see how that develops yeah. but at least it's it's got to be nice going into it knowing that you're not gonna put in all this work and then potentially get stiff-armed uh and then like not be allowed to play after you make the roster and not to mention imagine how bad that would be because as we know from years past with quick decisions that can be made by the higher-ups but imagine how Sorry, I'm kind of on a tangent here, but some of the other things I've been thinking about in terms of this stuff is just it's going to be discouraging teams from drafting these players if it's, like, spotty on whether they can play or not. Or especially in this case, you know, they give a guy a shot, they get him on the roster, and then the Air Force steps in and says no. They're going to be so timid to ever, you know, waste waste a, a spot on the roster ever again for something like that. Well, that was what happened with Griffin Jacks in a few years ago. I think he was a class of 2017 and got drafted 2016 by the Minnesota Twins organization for the MLB. And he had gotten his signing bonus and everything, and then it came down from General Mattis uh, right before Jalen Robinette's draft, so that was a timely decision that service academy athletes were no longer going to be able to go play professional sports directly out of the academy. And then it got flipped around and he was able to play under the world-class athlete program. And so I, I like this move. Um, we've talked about it nonstop when, when everything was hot in the news about this, but it's obviously a really great thing that we at least now have some clarity on it. And that's, I think that's what most people were looking for because it is kind of ridiculous, you know, that we're allowing baseball to baseball players to go straight to playing in professional like in a professional environment, but we're not going to allow NFL players to do it who are drafted out of the academy for the sole reason that baseball is an Olympic sport. And that's the idea is that Griffin Jacks, Nick Reddy, whoever the case may be, uh, would have an opportunity to go play on the Olympics. But since they allow professional athletes to do it, to play on the Olympic teams, I mean, really there's no 
there's no chance. Yeah. You know, right? I actually I'm probably gonna cut this. I'm not gonna say there's no chance, but the likelihood, um, you know, of somebody out of the academy getting drafted and then going to play actually on the Olympic team is pretty low. I think the last person from who's been in a world class class athlete program to actually compete in the Olympics was I think we had one alternate bobsledder who was like an enlisted guy in the army a few years ago. Um, so a little cool runnings action. And so it's just kind of a tough look, but some of the developments that have happened in football. So we did find out, um, just recently, I think it came out today that we are having a one thirty kickoff for the Colgate game. Obviously that's when those kickoffs always are. I don't know why that was a big announcement. And then Wyoming, which is usually a night game, um, will be at noon on November 30th. I'm not 100% sure if this comes down to the new um, deals that the Mountain West is having because the Mountain West, I've said this, and people people who are, have probably have their, their nose, who have been around um, the teams that are in the Mountain West for longer, like I said, we are both East Coast guys, so we've really only gotten to know the Mountain West outside of Boise State um, since going to the Academy. But I've always seen it as a problem that we play these really, really late games when, you know, we have Air Force Academy graduates and Air Force fans all over the world, right? Because they don't have, they have a local following, but it's not as big as the fan base that's spread out. And playing these eight, nine o'clock, um, even, I mean, even seven o'clock games and on mountain time ends up running really, really late. So I'm really glad that they have that with Wyoming. I'm glad that we're going to be looking, looking into the broadcast schedule again. And that's a really big thing. So um, we have those. And those two games, um, actually, no, we're, we're going to have San Jose State, Fresno State, and Army are all going to be on CBS Sports Network. And then it's up in the air as to what's going to happen with the Wyoming game. And I sincerely doubt that Colgate will be televised on anything that's nationally syndicated. So this goes back. Another complaint that we've kind of had is that it's hard to get these games They've tried to be creative in the past, and I know there's a whole red tape ordeal when it comes down to, to actually getting the game shown, and they tried to do the Facebook thing, which was a disaster uh, last season. So I'm glad to see that we're making big strides on this. Another thing was that we had Mountain West Media Days in Las Vegas last week. Um, did you hear anything out of that? Yes, I heard it from you right now. No, I'm actually... Well, that's actually a pretty decent answer. <laughs> I, I saw some of the posts on uh, Air Force football Instagram and things like that, and um, nothing really. Just a few behind-the-scenes shots of Troy Calhoun looking absolutely ecstatic to share what he can about this year's football season. Looks like he's just, you know, he just hasn't had an outlet. He was just looking for somebody to talk to to, to let him know who the starting quarterback is, you know, who he's planning to, uh, you know, what kind of schemes he's planning to do. So that was really good to see. Well, so I have two kind of thoughts on this. First of all, I get it. I understand I that, that, that was it's not Troy Calhoun's. The, the listeners? No, yeah, we, <laughs> we know. Um, but I just want to say that in one sense, I get it. It's not like Troy Calhoun's going to go there, just sit down and just start saying everything. It's up to the media to go in and ask the questions. And the way that the Mountain West is, when you have elite teams like Fresno State as of late, and Boise State, who Boise State's been kind of a powerhouse for going on like 10 years now, even longer. Um, 
we're considered kind of an outlier and we're almost that feel good story. So anybody that's a national, um, anybody that does any kind of national media coverage and sports coverage, all they want to talk about with us is, Oh yeah, we're that nice little team out in Colorado that graduates officers. Isn't that a nice story? So that was what Troy Calhoun said. The only other thing that he said was that air force is facing the toughest schedule ever. And I thought he would qualify that with, in the last 10 years or something like that. I don't know, but he didn't. He said he thinks it might be the toughest schedule ever. Due to what? Um, in of terms of actual... S- or the league? <sighs> well, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think it has to do with that, and then I guess throwing Colorado in there. But obviously Colgate takes us down, and then we have those last three games like we've talked about before. Um, and we have like New Mexico, Wyoming, those teams. Even looking at the 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 preseason Mountain West predictions, um, Air Force is supposed to be number two in the Mountain Division with Boise State being number one. And behind us, which actually I was a little surprised about this, this was from College Football News. Um, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if we fell behind Utah State, but I guess it's certainly possible because Utah State, um, I mean, they won 11-2. and two. And granted, they did lose... Um, Utah State lost one of their big running backs with Darwin Thompson, and then they also lost some of their O-line. So I get that, but um, that's tough. I'm surprised they didn't have a little bit more depth. But I don't know. I I, I just really wasn't impressed with it with Mountain West Media Day. And as an Air Force fan, I mean, flying all the way out there, you'd expect a little bit more. Didn't really get anything. We got a little bit of a, a total conference roundup with quotes. Uh, that was put out from the Gazette. I don't know if they're having uh, budget issues or something, but Brett Brighaman, from what I saw, did not make the trip. So we didn't get any of those questions asked. And so once again, um, really just going in with no idea what <laughs> what's really going on. And so that's kind of a struggle. But it looks like in the Mountain Division we're going to do okay. Um, and then what it's supposed to be for the West Division is we have Fresno State at number two and San Diego State at number one. And so I can see how Air Force maybe has a tough schedule ahead of them. Um, if you consider that we that we have both Boise State and Fresno State on the schedule. Um, lucky for us, we do not play San Diego State, I guess, if you want to say that makes us lucky. Um, but I, yeah, I don't really see how this is the toughest schedule ever. And then Obviously, if if we're counting Army in there, but I always consider those games yeah. just outliers, anyways, because when it's inter service academy, it's it's yeah. really anything can happen. Although Army Army proved that wrong last year, because I mean Jeff Munkin's just a monster of a coach. So, but it's it's tough because I see Army and Navy both at their media days, which actually I don't know if Army had a media day, but there was some discussion and firing back and forth between Army and Navy. It's tough because, once again, it feels like we're left out. Um, Ken Niamatololo got out there and was making definitive statements that you don't hear from Coach Calhoun. Um, the the Navy athletic director, I forget his last name, his first name's Chet, he came out and said that Army should be embarrassed because of their schedule and how weak it is, and then Army came back and said some stuff. So I am jealous of the passion that they have. And I, I love Nathan Pine. I like Nathan. I, I think he's a great athletic director um, from what I've seen so far. Obviously it's going to take a few years to see what kind of legacy he has and what kind of guy he is, but I just don't see that from air force. And as a fan, I want to like the theatrics are a part of it. 
Yeah, you I'm know? with you. And I mean, I, I kind of feel like we're just in this self-looking ice cream cone where we keep talking about the same thing over and over again, but it is just kind of frustrating. Uh, we wish we could get more. It'd make our job a lot easier as we try and create well, content out of nowhere. Uh, if we had a little bit of a spark and a little bit of, you know, some some type of... No, but uh, no, I, I get what you're saying, but that's that's true, but it's also not true because we the stuff is coming out. There are, I mean, we had Mountain West Media Day. The media guide is out, and still no one's talking about it. So the, as much as we're not just rehashing old stuff that's already happened and just saying, oh, wouldn't it be great? Like these yeah. opportunities keep coming, and we keep it's seeing true. more of the same thing. And so that's why I don't feel bad continuing to say this because it's just like – we're not seeing any changes, and who is going to spark it? That was the huge reason why I said it'd be a good thing to go to the AAC. Yeah. At least shake it up, get our strength of schedule fixed, because once again, we're flying under the radar with not a great strength of schedule, even though this is considered, quote, the hardest schedule we've ever played. So, I don't know. It's a tough thing to say, but I am happy to say that we've had the 2019 um, Air Force Football Media Guide come out, so at least we have a look at the depth chart. Obviously, things can change with that, but, um, we, oh man, actually, I think it's even been changed since um, since it was released, because right now, I'm looking at it, and Isaiah Sanders, it has him first, and then it says, or Donald Hammond. So, yeah. here we go again, is <laughs> really, really the big issue. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to do, um, and that's, an, that's a shock. Okay, this is the. Fr I looked at it like last week, so it's obviously been changed. It'll probably be changed. Wow, again. you're hearing my reaction again, in real time. Wow. Are you frustrated this about team that? is gonna kill me. Um, I'm so extremely what would you frustrated. Like to see? So wonderful. Well, I've said this. I've said this in the past. I understand exactly why. Um, Donald Hammond seems like he's a great pick. He is a great red zone threat. He gets the job done, and he just seen, and he's a great quarterback. If you look at both of their stats, um, it would seem that Donald Hammond is a little bit better, um, a better fit for some of the stats that we need to pick up on, like third and fourth down conversions and red zone efficiency. But at the end of the day, um, considering that their starts and playing time were about equal, granted the opponents were different, but I, they were really pretty similar last year. Um, in the like the the opponents that they played against were similar in strength. Um, Isaiah Sanders had more passing yards and and more rushing yards than Donald Hammond did. I do think um, the fact that we are a little bit thin in terms of experience with our wide receivers, uh, I, I think it's pretty easy to say that Donald Hammond is a stronger runner and Isaiah Sanders is a better passer. And so I think we're gonna probably play into that a little bit. And just focus on um, really the triple option and kind of get back to basics because that's what we need to do. And then also, I mean, just probably whoever is going to be better in a two-minute drill. We said that too. That was that was probably the biggest travesty. If I had to pick one thing that I could, you know, in a vacuum kind of fix, it would be at least go for it and stop running out the clock at the half and stop running out the clock at the end of the game. Um, that was yeah, a huge issue. And then on defense. That's, that that's one of my yeah, pet sorry, peeves kind of in general to... when it comes to comes to sports. And I, I know I'm like a stupid spectator that just wants to see a Hail Mary every single or a, a flea flicker every down. But 
it is just it doesn't make sense when you're playing a team that either you know you're gonna have to make some big plays and make some big stops to win against so why don't you just try on some of the attempts that you probably wouldn't when there's very little consequences like the clock is running out um and then second i've just never understood and i'm not you know i didn't grow up playing foot i played football a little bit but not like anything past freshman year of high school so I just don't understand what the real threat is. Like, is there a serious threat that if you throw an interception that it's going to be a pick six if you're, like, past your own 50-yard line? Like, I feel like that's very rare. So why don't you try and air it out if it's, I don't know, fourth and eight with, with 20 seconds left? I've never really understood that. But that's a, like, very specific example. Of I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, it's specific, but that's what happened last season, is right? Is So we would try and basically take the ball down and run the clock out when there was like a minute left, two minutes left. And I think the question is, is what are what are you afraid of? Is that uh, making a statement that we have a weak defense? And that the, from the coaches, is that a statement that we don't have faith in our defense to make a stop against a team? Is Are we saying that 30, 40 seconds is enough time for, you know, any like a team like Utah State to take the ball back to the house like that's that's just a weird it's a weird way to go about it and I think that that comes from a lack of confidence um and maybe just I I don't know maybe that was the plan the whole time maybe once again we're not the experts but it all kind of goes back to we don't have an answer (laughs) you know and it makes it so frustrating because as much as I'm willing to kind of say to kind of humble myself and say you know, we don't know what we're talking about. I think as fans, I think as people that we pay money, just like everybody else, we've already had our media passes denied. We're going to probably start that again. Free FNBA. Yeah, we had four. Season, we don't, don't get it. You but, had five, you and know, I was a four-year season ticket holder. So, like, if you want us back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 100% true, kid. That's pay for tickets. So, I think that we are – owed answers a little bit as to as to what exactly is going on and we just really haven't gotten it um but really the only returner that we have as a wide receiver is who had any meaningful playing time was gerard sanders and so i think it's going to come down to if any of if ben peterson can step up um and Cade Wagaspack, he's you know he's our tight end he's a big guy 6'2 225 um and i didn't see him last season as and it's it's just so tough because it's like how do you get these how how do you get a good read on these guys to settle into their position and be a producer on the offense if you're subbing in quarterbacks every other play that's a really tough thing to do and so i don't know if he's going to be utilized more as a receiver a jason witten type um or if he's going to be primarily downfield blocking in a triple option so it's really kind of yet to be determined and then on the defense side uh, one thing that I was s- kind of surprised by, but also I think that there's probably some strategy behind it. Garrett Coppola is lift- listed at free safety and at strong safety, number two um, in the depth chart. And so we have Grant Thiel uh, starting at strong safety and, and Jeremy Fedulum starting at free safety. Uh, I would imagine because, and I don't think we know who the captains are yet, but also... Um, Jeremy Fendulum went to Mountain West Media Day. So I don't know if this is saying something or if it was just whoever was available, but if Garrett Coppola is going to have kind of a leadership role, maybe it's just kind of subbing him in where he's needed, um, or maybe, you know, these guys have kind of stepped up and, and maybe there's 
potentially been kind of an injury. I don't want to speculate on that, but I did find that to be a really interesting thing. But I think our defense is going to be extremely good this year. Um, Mo Fafita, who is probably one of my favorite linemen that we've had in a really long time. He's a lector. I don't know I, I don't know him personally, but I really want to meet him because um, he just seems like a great dude. Um, he's going to be coming back. Um, Lakota Wills, who <laughs> is our day one. How funny was that? We randomly named him. for If you're a newer podcast listener, uh, his freshman year, we looked him up on the roster, and we just kind of talked about him randomly, and he has been a huge producer on defense. And then uh, Milton Bug, the third, is another guy who is coming back with some experience as a junior. And, and then, of course, we have uh, Zane Lewis, a DB, who I believe had a few interceptions last year and, and is a big – he breaks up a lot of passes. Um that kind of come across the middle. So I'm excited about the defense, still unsure exactly what's going on with the offense. Is this being kept a secret or do the coaches not know? And I, I think that's what the problem is, is that it's so frustrating because it's like if they could at least tell us a little bit what the method to the madness is, that would make it better. But now you're right. We are going in circles a little bit. Um, oh, and I guess I'll give a quick shout-out to special teams. Um, Jake Conkey is coming back. He was the kicker last year. Um, after Matthew Filikai, his name's Filikai, but it's spelled like Felici, um, after he went down with an injury last season. And so he will be um, the place kicker, and then he's also the number two on the depth chart for um, punter, with Charlie Scott doing the same thing for place kicker. If that's confusing, they're both respectively number one and number two in the opposing position. So um, I, I am excited about it. I think us kind of guessing is really all you can do at this point and i guess we'll see soon um hopefully brent Brigham can break some stuff down because he actually does a really good job it's funny because it's like i want to dislike the colorado springs gazette but i think they really do a good job with their coverage as they can and dave ramsey who was effectively chased out of the uh, air force locker room he's not really he writes a few opinion pieces but um i think their coverage is really as good as it's going to get so we're getting really close. Uh, I think I saw it. One of the guys, I think his name is a toast to the host on Twitter, um, an Air Force grad, I don't know what year, but he was keeping a countdown kind of like the 40 days countdown before uh, recognition where he does the squadron of the day, and that was actually cracking me up because I would, I would randomly see those posts, and it was like, almighty all-stars, days until Air Force football kicks off. So Maybe if we did that, that we like, would actually... You know, understand what mascots went where. Like a little homework for us. Yeah. Well, it's funny because other than the Roadrunners, and the only reason why I know the Roadrunners because that was my freshman squad, uh, I can't even think of any other fourth group squad. Th- eh, like, th- I can't think of any squadron in the 30s other than Almighty All Stars. So <sighs> I guess I think Pink Panthers are in there somewhere. This isn't like a <laughs> test. I'm not asking you to, but. Um, so. That's enough football talk, and you made me feel stupid kind of talking about football because... Well, can we do um, a little throwback? We were talking about our boy Lakota Wills. Can we do a throwback uh, kind of segment? Yeah. So, if you, if, <laughs> it would remind just, you? Yeah. I'm basically going to Yeah, you're going to name a guy. If... Okay, yeah, but yeah. I want to... I think we have a lot of new listeners since then, so I'm going to... Basically, just scroll through the football roster. Um, we're going to pick a random guy, and then strictly based off the name, 
commission's going to do what he can to figure out all the details he can about him, where he's from, you know, what what his interests are, and all that kind of stuff. That's how we did it, okay. right? Was it just name? Yeah, we did it with him. We did it with uh, Lakota Wills, and then we did it with a um, a water polo player a few episodes later. I think, which was <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> All right, um, here we go. The problem is, if you know one of these, you gotta let me know. I will. Let's go with uh, Colton Parton. Colton? Colton Parton. Colton Parton. Um, see, I think the key is I just have to say it with the utmost confidence, even though... <laughs> Uh, even though I have no idea. Anyway, Colton Parton. So he is from a suburb of Salt Lake City. Uh, I believe it's <laughs> called it's called Temple, Utah. Uh, he was recruited by BYU, but he did not want to go there because his father, his grandfather, all of his uncles, um, and their great-grandfather all went there. And so he kind of wanted to break the mold. Um, and now he has gone to the Air Force Academy. And he initially wanted to go as a wide receiver because that's what he played in high school. But then he got around some more diverse talent, and now he is going to be a tight end. Uh, okay, you're close. So All right. you said he was born outside of Salt Lake City, and that's where he grew up? Just outside. I called it Temple, Utah. It's a yep. made-up place. I don't even know. That's not true. However... Last year in 2018, he played in two games, and one of them was against Utah State. I'm close. I told you. <laughs> but he grew up in Gurley, Alabama. Um, he's a fullback, oh. and it doesn't look like his family has any relation to BYU. But he does See, have a younger brother, and he's a son of JJ and Nikki. See, I told you, though. I had to say it with confidence. I'll give you a few of my other options that I had. I was going to say he was a corn-fed guy uh, from Nebraska and closer, did, I think. didn't have the size to play at Nebraska, but he had the heart to play at Nebraska. Could have been like a Rudy situation. Um, I will admit Alabama wasn't really up there. Uh, another thing is that he was the youngest millionaire um, to ever do personal day trading um, in the Boston, Massachusetts area, and he is a punter. Or maybe like an Alex Moran-type backup quarterback, but the problem is that I already know all the quarterbacks. So, um, yeah. so yeah, those were going to be my other options. I mean, you kept, it in, you kept it inside the country, so in that regard, you were pretty close. Yeah. See, if I would have taken it outside the country, because there is a girl on the tennis team who is from New Zealand, so that's oh, not even yeah, outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. So that is all of our football talk. Let's see if there was anything else I wanted to say. Uh, no, that's it. So I realized, actually, we probably should have done a little bit better planning because when you and I first talked about doing the podcast, you asked if I wanted to do it later in the week, and I am not able to do that. So I already had the ideas written down, but I have kind of a lot of behind enemy lines. No, no, behind enemy lines is. It's a segment that we used to do, and I like to do it. I always like to check in on the other service academies because I think you can get kind of a good picture of why we do some of the stranger things that we do, kind of big picture things at Air Force based on what the other service academies are doing. 
Um, and it's funny to make fun of them, as usual. So the first one that I wanted to talk about was West Point's uh, General Caslin was finally named the president of the University of South Carolina. And he was named back in March, I believe, as one of the finalists. And I can't remember. Did we talk US... about this personally or did we talk about this on the podcast? The initial. I think we happened. talked about it personally because okay. it was actually pretty it was actually pretty contentious, but now the reactions are just kind of funny. But the issue that people had with it, so uh, I guess he doesn't have, uh, I mean, I guess, I know he doesn't have a background in formal academia in terms of very small things like, like doctoral, um, what do they call it, like doctoral grant writing. And this was, and so you got to understand that the court of public opinion and all the complaints, there was a few places that this co was coming from. The complaints were first and foremost that he wasn't qualified because he doesn't have this background, which is a very weak thing to say because, once again, he's a three-star general, um, and he was the superintendent of West Point. The, he's he's overseen, I'm, actually, I would, I don't know. Army's kind of dumb. I don't know if they would have any Rhodes Scholars. But he's overseen a lot of academic things, and I, I, just, I just don't think that he couldn't learn that in kind of on-the-job training or at least surround himself with people who would be able to effectively do it um and then the other thing which this is one of those situations where i mean i you know you can't really who's to say um there was an issue that people had with the lack of diversity um and saying that the entire panel of finalists it was all men uh i don't know if race or anything played into it but i know that gender was a huge issue that to me um it, you know I'm, I'm not really gonna go there but that that just kind of it is what it is. Yeah, if those were the finalists, I guess that maybe is a complaint. But to completely wish to block his naming as the president, um, I think that could be a little bit problematic. My f initial take, so everybody that's complaining now, what makes it funny is they're saying that because he doesn't have this background in academia, which basically, and we're going to talk about another story at Navy, where a guy... Um, where it's just like, it's banana land in, in academics with how these people get tenure and they're impossible to fire and all this kind of stuff. And just the way that they can say whatever they want is as off the wall as it is. And they'll always have a job and it'll always be considered a part of just learning. Um, but there was huge complaints that he's not able to, he won't be able to kind of fulfill the role and that he's underqualified. And there was issues. The other thing that I did understand is that I guess the governor got involved, which is kind of a no-no. Um, so I get that aspect. But the funniest part is that people are saying that he's going to run USC into the ground so bad that they're going to lose their accreditation and all everybody's degrees from USC is going to be worthless, which I just thought was a hysterical panic mode situation. So that was a really kind of great reaction. And the funny thing is, is that it, this just kind of goes back to how students are and how people think that, you know, everything in the world is so important to them. Um, and it's kind of whatever is right in front of their face. So they don't really have any foresight for the most part. So I think this will be no longer a problem. He'll get through the first year and there won't be any big problems. And then that'll be it. And no one will really care anymore. The other thing that I was thinking about is I was kind of walking a fine line on my opinions about this because 
I've realized I have kind of an older brother complex going on with General Kaslin, which is ironic because he's much more accomplished and older than I am. Uh, but it was like, I, I kind of felt like only I'm allowed to talk trash on General Kaslin and, and the army. Like, you guys can't. <laughs> and so I was like defensive about it, but it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of funny. So yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to... If you guys don't know what we're talking about, you don't know the backstory, go ahead and, and do some research. We're not going to get too into the weeds uh, on the podcast, but long story short, um, the general, it wasn't even the general, a few individuals, probably a small group, was upset that he was um, initially selected, and they kind of boycotted. And then, from what I understand, the school kind of appeased them and said, okay, okay, he's not going to be the president. And now it sounds like after some involvement, uh, they're, you know, he's reinstated or whatever. So, just like anybody, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's it's four people or the entire school that didn't want him there. They made a loud enough noise that the general public that doesn't really care that much and doesn't pay that much attention, all they hear is the headlines of people didn't want him there and now he's here. So it makes him look bad and it makes the school look bad, even though you know, there's no reason for him and, and it's not like anything significant that he did that drove those opinions. So it just kind of makes the whole thing weird. And I think it's just like anything with these, with, and I don't know that I would call him an elected official, but it's just like anything with elected officials where people think just because somebody's elected that, you know, the entire world is going to fall apart because they don't have the same viewpoints as them when like, it's not a dictatorship, you know, he's not, doesn't have as much as much uh, decision-making, and he's not like the all-holy being at USC that can make every decision there. And even if he was, I think he'd do a pretty good job. So it's just like classic overreaction and, and people thinking that, you know, their beloved USC degree is not going to mean anything to them, mean anything in the business world anymore. I think that's what the funniest part is, and this is a totally unfounded claim. I mean, I do know this for a fact um, in terms of rankings, but it's just – in every single way, West Point is a better school than the University of South Carolina. It's more selective at West Point. The academics are ranked higher. I mean, South Carolina, someone's going to take offense to this. It's just a state school. I'm pretty sure he can run a state school. It's not that big of a deal. And I, I don't know. It's, it's not as if he's going to be, you know, tanking Harvard or something like that. So even if... And this is a worst case scenario. Even if for some some program that he was responsible for were to drop a few places, I don't know. I don't think it's the end of the world. That's mean to me. Mean of me. I probably shouldn't even say this, but I don't really care. Um, okay, now let's move on to Navy. So Navy got a new superintendent, and they the superintendent gave his speech. First of all, and I want to make this as kind of a side note, um, the the entire thing sounded just like a boondoggle the kind of i don't know if you call it like a hail and farewell but uh or change of command but whatever it was they did something for the outgoing superintendent called piping him to shore where they played bagpipes and they didn't say this in the article but to me if they're piping you to shore it sounds like he got on a boat at navy and just went across the severn on it and they just played bagpipes as he exited and so I don't think that's what happened, but in my brain, that's what I'm going to say happened. And that's a really funny thought. So, but the, like, out, uh, the, the incoming superintendent, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I just kind of like thinking. So piping him to shore, I'm kind of trying to think about um, what what other things that could mean and what other things that could be funny with that. I kind of picture him on like one side of basically a, a, a river type thing, a Riviera, whatever the, the Navy folks call it, where he's on one side and then he stands in a rowboat, kind of like George Washington crossing, crossing the Delaware. And then there's yeah. a lot of guys uh, like his little minions with or with oars just paddling them across. And then we can include bagpipes, which would be the piping part. And it's just this huge thing kind of for nothing. And then once he walks onto uh, the ground of Annapolis, then he's officially clear of his duties. Or he's... Or what they do is he gets on one of those old-timey Revolutionary War-era battleships, and then they put him in a cannon and shoot him out of the cannon onto the shore. <laughs> so it's like a pipe. Or... Or they, uh, or they, or he works with the, the he works with the local plumbers for the day, and he just does a uh, bunch of piping around the city. And <laughs> they pipe all the way to shore. Yeah, they he has to g- jump into the the wa- the wastewater treatment tubes, uh, kind of like Mario does in Super Mario, and he just rides it all the way out to to mainland Annapolis. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That was my next one too. Well, they do they do like yeah. a little Mario thing. Like they make him dress up like Mario, and they have a a green a green pipe that he goes down, and he disappears. But really, he's in like a a van with tinted windows, and they drive to the other side, and then he pops up out of another green green tube. Navy yeah, man, they have weird and traditions. The, and then the uh, the chief petty officer of the naval academy is Luigi, and they both have little <laughs> matching mustaches. <laughs> And then after that, they both, you're legally required if you're an admiral to open up a, an Italian restaurant after that. And that's yeah, how and Mario then, and Luigi. And live. then they're walking down the streets of Annapolis dressed as Mario and Luigi. And uh, the people of Annapolis just think that they're plumbers. So then they get stuck yeah. doing all these plumbing jobs for the rest of the day because they feel bad about not helping people out. And then they realize it's actually relatively lucrative and they actually just start a plumbing business. And then in a few years, um, they get a call on kind of a bat phone thing, and they have to go back to the Naval Academy, Mario and Luigi, the, the Admiral and the Chief Petty Officer, and they go in, and it turns out that there's a dragon, and it's kidnapped somebody, and they have to go save save the person from the dragon inside of Bancroft Hall, which kind of looks like a castle. And then that's, that's it. Yeah, so... I think, yeah, I think that's, I think we nailed it, is really what it comes down to. But anyway. It's kind of a lot of work just to switch somebody. (laughs) And it's like a total career change, unexpectedly, so. It is. It's another reason to be in the Air Force. Yeah. So, the new incoming superintendent, he came out and gave a speech. And in his speech, he talked about the very real threat of sea levels rising in the Severn and overtaking the Naval Academy, and he was talking about infrastructure and reinforcements and stuff. And I feel bad laughing at this, but I, I can't help but find this really funny, that the Naval Academy is just going on their day-to-day operations, and they're very, there's a very real threat of the entire place just going underwater. Yeah, it's kind of... I, I don't know, that's humorous. really all I have to say about it. Yeah, but so you, I, know I don't what, know. you know what they're probably going to need if it floods? 
Uh, what's that? New piping. Wow. So actually, yeah. So actually, the old superintendent, he was trying to cut the cord on the microphone when he was saying, "Yeah, we got to fix, we got to fix the infrastructure." He was like, "Don't fix it. That's a big job for me in a few years." Um, <laughs> Maybe that's so. The other thing, we could use honestly, we could use uh, some some piping to shore ceremonies at the Air Force Academy to get some of our urinals under control. Hundred percent. Hopefully, he moves to the springs. <laughs> So another story that we covered a long time ago was about this guy, Bruce Fleming, and uh, like a disease that you get from a weekend trip to Boulder, the guy just keeps coming back. Um, He was the teacher who was fired for unprofessional conduct, and if you don't remember what he did, he did a lot of things, like he sent out a shirtless photo of him to all the students in his class, Uh, he walked on students' backs. Yeah, well, it was yeah shirtless, but it was him in a speedo. Um, he had he walked on cadets or midshipmen's backs to crack them. Um, talked about the use of condoms and not using steroids and all these things that were deemed. I wouldn't say they're over the top inappropriate for just life, but probably over the top for the Navy's number one most prestigious commissioning stores being the Naval Academy. So he was an English teacher and we gave our full rundown on him before where we talked about, um, basically just everybody knows what kind of teacher this is. And so he ended up taking it to court and a judge says that he needs to be reinstated. Now, just to give you the, a little more factual background, the Naval Academy can still appeal it, but as Bruce Fleming has said, he is, very excited to return to teaching in August and a lot to unpack here. First of all, just to see where he was coming from. Um, he, he's also a little bit paranoid. He says they've been after me for the last 15 years. I also find that funny where if he thinks that he's been under the gun for the last 15 years, why not just be a little less weird? Just go (laughs) in, teach your English and get the hell out of there. You don't need to be doing all this weird stuff. And so uh, I guess he went on basically later to say, yeah, the pressure of losing a job, income, and health insurance was considerable. So this guy is stressed. And to me, that it's another mark of stress to where, or it's another kind of proof, even though he's, even though he's taking it to court and he's saying this is really important to me that I get my job back. And he was, he was initially saying in the argument that the reason why I'm doing this is not for myself. I'm doing it because these cadets... I keep calling them cadets. These midshipmen uh, deserve to, you know, not just always just follow the lead and not do what they're and and not question what they're being told. But it turns out, no, the guy realizes that yeah, being fired uh, is not a good thing, and potentially trying to get another job somewhere else uh, might be a little bit tough when you really don't have that much to to offer. And I think that's kind of just the if you're coming out and saying that that yeah, I don't want to lose any of this stuff. If you're really that good of a teacher, shouldn't really be a problem, should it? And I and the reason why I say that is because he's going to go back in August and he's going to sit down at a department meeting and how I would give anything to be there for the first like department meeting or the first day that he gets back, looking around knowing that there are people who testified against him and said that he's this over-the-top teacher and now he's just back in there planning stuff. Can you imagine how juicy that would be? 
it, I mean, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Like you said, it's like uh, any one of the things he would he has done. If you were in a a normal corporation, it would just be like, all right, you're done. You know, I mean, you clearly don't align with our values, so you're done. Like it's just the way it is. <laughs> but it's like time and time again, just keeps on coming back, and there's really nothing you can do about it because. You can just, you know, claim whatever you want to be able to maintain your current position unless you, like, straight up kill somebody. Yeah, I think it's funny uh, because here's the other thing about his class, and this isn't a knock on any instructors, but he's also teaching an introduction to literature. So he's not, it's not like he's this deep in the weeds, really teaching deep thought and philosophy to, he's not even you know, teaching, firsties like... who are about... Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It's not like he's teaching English majors who, you know, have a have a thriving um, yearn to learn about literature. It's like the people were half, half the class is asleep, the other half, you know, looked up the book on Sparknotes the night before. Yeah, he's teaching the kids who look at class as an escape from the everyday pressures of being a Navy dually. So... I, I think it's it's like a really funny thing. Um, but he, I guess another thing that's kind of come to light now just on the other side of maybe the maybe the claims weren't 100% um, all there that he should have been removed. Basically, one of the kids who came out and made the first um, complaint against him, I guess he had, it was the first class the kid had ever not gotten an A in in his entire life. And so obviously Ooh. that is going to provide a little bit of an issue. Yeah. So, um, and now that I think about it, I'm not sure if I ever got an A in any class at the Academy. So kind of <laughs> I did. on any <laughs> kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum there. Um, oh yeah. A, a B was a welcome treat for your boy. Um, a B minus anything, anything above oh. that C range. You were like, I need to, I'm studying a little bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah, got to back it off a little bit. Um, so good for him, I guess. He's coming back. But like I said, the Naval Academy can still appeal it. And I wonder, because when you're dealing with like federal courts and federal judges, those things tend to take a lot of time. So I wonder what would happen if it's kind of that he is allowed to go back and immediately teach or if he were to go or if the Naval Academy were to go get go to a judge and then he would be put on some kind of administrative hold. I could also see him being given leave, like, reinstated, not allowed to teach, but still getting paid, which it sounds like is very important to him. But once again, I thought, I legitimately didn't think that this guy was going to appeal it. I thought, or maybe, here's, here's also what I was thinking, maybe he expected that the appeal would, he would go up and appeal it, and then the naval, or he would still get turned down, and then he would, like I said last time, he would write a book and kind of ride off into the sunset, and just write a tell-all about the Naval Academy from his perspective, and he'd be good. So I wonder if there's a part of him that's like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, this did not go as planned. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of It's just, thing. I mean, why would you uh, want to go back? I don't get it. I really don't get it. That's that's what I'm saying. So now he's going to go into this first meeting, and it's going to be, like, very awkward, and uh, I don't know. But he claims he's excited. So good for him. Uh, Look, the last thing we're going to do... Sorry, really quickly. I like thinking about... It's just, I mean, we're obviously in this phase in our lives where, you know, we're out of, we're, we're out of the academy, but, you know, most of our buddies are still in the, in uh, the Air Force due to commitment and that kind of stuff. So it's just funny to, and I'm not saying these would be our buddies, but we all know people that we grew up with, whether it was high school, 
at the academy, you know, once you're active duty or your next job, it doesn't matter, where you're like, man, this guy's just like a weird dude. Like, what could he possibly end up doing? And then some of them become teachers, and this is just the way it goes. Yeah. And some of them are smart enough to use the system to the point where it's like almost a pride thing now, where it's like, no matter what, I'm going to teach at this school, even if everybody hates me and the students don't want to interact at all because they are afraid of, like, you know, getting in trouble. Well, and I think that's, and I will throw them a little bit of a bone here. Maybe this is where it goes back to, you know, you you have both sides of the story, and then in somewhere in between is the truth. Maybe this guy is exactly, maybe he's being truthful, and maybe it is how he says it is. Like, they have been after him for 15 years because he's a little bit irreverent, and maybe it's not that bad. Um, and maybe the reason why he stuck around, because if he, if it's as bad as he claims and he's really been targeted for 15 years, why, what reason would you have to stick around? And why because should wait? it's, it, yeah, it's teaching. I mean, I'm sure he could, I'm sure he could get a, you could have had a job, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I, I, and maybe this goes back to my ignorance to where I, I just don't know exactly how tenure works or anything like that. But, um, I think that's kind of a possibility too is that he legitimately does just love teaching there so more power to him annapolis is is a beautiful city i'll give him that so all right the last thing we're going to do before we do minutes is uh, a little segment that we used to do haven't really been doing segments as much but we have a soups list and so in honor of this week we have the cadets are marching back from jack's valley we're going to do a soups list of marches and if you don't remember what a soups list is uh soups pin to get on it you have to be great at academics athletics and military and uh so we like to give our top three things what are the excellent aspects of whatever our topic is and so like i said we're doing marches now just for the rules of this uh basically i'm gonna kind of let it let you be abstract about it it's really kind of any march um whatever you want to do and so i'll so i'll start it off and I'm going to say March of the Penguins. Um, I'm a, I'm a big, yeah, I'm a big penguin guy narrated by Morgan Freeman. It is. Well, it's my favorite animal. Um, probably, I I, I actually kind of can't stand horses, terrified of them. (laughs) Um, but yeah, big, big March of the Penguins guy. Um, and I just want to let it be known that I have also, been to two interactive penguin experiences um most worth it things of my entire life i went to one at an aquarium and we got to play with an african penguin which is like a little bit more of a warm weather penguin uh they live on like the beaches in africa and stuff and it was really cool and i got to feed them and pet them and then i went to one at SeaWorld, which i know there's a lot of SeaWorld haters out there and I got to see a bunch of different penguins there. The coolest one was the king penguin because it's sort of like uh, the penguins from March of the Penguins, which are emperor penguins, but it's just a smaller version of that. And they're still like two feet tall. And he, the one was hilarious because he came up to us and he liked being pet on his head. And then when you would stop, he would smack you in the leg with his flipper. <laughs> Uh, what's the kind of penguin that has like the yellow uh, visor, like the yellow sunglass yeah, sides? Yeah, that's uh, that's king penguins and emperor penguins. So that's why I said it was a slightly smaller version of an emperor penguin. Emperor penguins can get, I think, like three and a half, four feet. That's pretty tall. 
really tall. Yeah. Um. All right. My but they're, first. They're cool what? animals. No. But they're cool yes, animals. They are. My first march is March Air Force Base. I don't. Oh. I don't know if it's still open. I'm not entirely entirely even sure where it is, but I just remember hearing it, and I'm doing a quick Google search, and it is in California, near Riverside, California. Um. Looks what like. Do they, what do they have there? Well, I don't know what it currently has. Uh, Wikipedia is somebody's put way too much time into this because I just need like the quick details. Um, 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 it's air mobility, so I'm guessing they have C-17s, heavies of some looks sort. like KC-135s. Yeah. yeah, but March Air Force Base. That's my uh, first march. Uh, their airlines and destinations of March Air Force Base, they fly to Honolulu and Anchorage. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. Much. I've realized there's a lot of Air Force bases I don't know about out there. Because I think there was kind of a restructuring. So there's a lot of Air Force bases that have been turned into reserve bases. And... Um, they're all just kind of random, but occasionally I'll hear, oh yeah, I was here. Another Air Force base that's out there that, that gets a lot of confusion is because it's really small, and if you're in the flying world, you'll know it, but uh, Laughlin Air Force Base down in Texas, which is two and a half hours west of San Antonio, um, is funny because if you talk about it, people will be like, oh yeah, I've been to Laughlin, that's down in San Antonio where they do basic training. It's like, no, but okay. <laughs> yeah, black, classic mix. Yeah. Okay, my next March is going to be uh, March Madness, but not March Madness the basketball. So you can do that one if you want, but March Madness the song by Future. Great song. Um, I think everyone's heard it. It's Shout a pretty, out, uh, it's Johnny classic. Manziel. Yeah, that's one of those songs to where you hear, and first of all, all of I've realized I like Future. Um, I'm not going to say he's like a bad rapper or anything, but his music is totally dependent on the beat. Uh, depending on who makes it. And I know Metro Boomin makes a lot of his beats. Actually, Future is our um, is our intro song now. So I did that. And I, I don't know if that's a Metro Boomin beat, but uh, March Madness, it's that... Uh, maybe I'll do a little, like, uh, beatbox, because it just starts out. It's like... It's so good. I don't know. Huge fan. That's um, how March Madness Great car starts. song. Yeah. Here, I'll play it a little bit. I got it. I'll race you. Just for the... Dress it up and make it real funny. I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. This is when Johnny Manziel was, like, holding the stack of cash, right? No, no, no. Different yeah. Time. See, when the beat kicks in... Or you can cut it now. When, dirty, when the beat dirty kicks soda in, in the styrofoam. It's lyrical genius. Well, so what he's talking about there is I like actually, you know I how really, if you I go really to like that song. I'm just playing. Yeah, I know, but you know how if what he's talking about with dirty soda in the styrofoam is, is if you go to uh, Subway and you get a cup and uh, then you mix it. Yeah, you mix all the sodas. I that's called what it a graveyard, about. but that's also called dirty soda. I, rappers love that. Love doing that weird yeah yeah and it's a great song to listen to in the car and they'll saying. always they always accidentally grab two cups i don't know why 
Um, I'll grab two styrofoam cups, and then they'll mix all of them, and then they have a double cup, and they'll also have dirty soda in their double cup. Pretty wasteful of them, to be honest. I don't know why they do it. Um, okay, you got a next one. Um, my next one is marching bands. Ooh, so I, like that. I don't. I've I haven't spent any time at high schools outside of the United States of America, but. I feel like marching bands are like quintessential America, you know? It's like the one mm-hmm. thing that unites the nerds, and sorry if anybody who's a marching band player out there, but the nerds to the athletes at the school. But it's like, it gives the marching band a purpose. And this is, this kind of sounds bad. But people go to watch football. Well, what? You get a good, you get a good marching band, though. Like, especially at the big-time colleges. Like, I agree. Drum and Bugle Corps... Drum and Bugle Corps, I, they are so underrated. I give them a ton of credit because my roommate freshman year was in Drum and Bugle Corps, and he had not played. I asked him, I was like, he, or he came in one day, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go try out for Drum and Bugle Corps. I was like, you play an instrument? And he told me he had played a little bit in middle school. And he said, yeah, they said that they'll just teach you whatever you can't pick up. And so I said, okay. Yeah, and, I feel like, and he I feel went like down and came like... back. I feel like a school like Alabama like recruits their trumpeteers. They do. So at the big schools, I know when you go, it's all music majors, and a lot of them are on scholarship, and you have to do, I think, mar- like being on the actual school's band, marching band, for football is the biggest deal, but then you have to do other sports, and you have yeah. to do other events and concert and all that stuff. So it's crazy. But if you, especially with the big-time schools, um, but just going back to my point, I, I think it's highly impressive that they can take people who may not have much experience and actually sound pretty good and, like, get the team hyped and stuff like that. But you think about LSU that plays neck, and they just lose their mind, and it's a huge part of the game day experience. So I give marching bands credit so uh, for doing it. So I, I, just, I, I like whole, that one. Yeah, the whole reason I was getting at it is because it's like, like there's nothing just there's nothing like a good marching band and football in the fall. You know, it's just a classic combination of and uh, mm-hmm. one probably could survive without the other, but it wouldn't be the same. Absolutely wouldn't. And a marching you band could not. Wait. Yeah. I Paul would say that a marching band, marching band. No, I would say here's what it is. Marching bands are like jelly, and football teams are like peanut butter. You can have a pe- you couldn't have a, a jelly sandwich, and I'm sure there's somebody out there who eats jelly sandwiches. You're a nutcase. But you can't have a jelly sandwich. You can have a peanut butter sandwich, but a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, way better. Okay, I'm down with that. Um, I'm waiting for you to just come out and say, I eat jelly sandwiches. But anyway. <laughs> I think that's um, you have to at least toast the bread for that to be somewhat acceptable. Yeah, that's true. But then you're usually doing it just like open face. And even then, the, a lot of times people put butter on it. Like butter on the toast and then jelly. But, so the last one that I'm going to do, and I found this out today, a march is a frontier or border between two countries or territories, especially between England and Wales, which it's formerly England and Wales, or, or no, or formerly England and Scotland. So I didn't even know that if I didn't do this soups list of marches, uh, we wouldn't learn about that. So I wonder if there's any marches in the United States. I don't know. Um... Maybe we could make one. Cause it, 
But I think it would be cool instead of calling, I guess, because you don't really think about it. I guess when people talk about state borders, you just say, oh, I just drove past. If like Let's say you're driving and you're like, oh, I just crossed in, into Colorado. But if you just said, I cr- just crossed the Colorado March, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. I think I could get on board with so that. So I like that. Um, let me say a few other ones that were honorable mentions that we didn't get to. So just the month of March in general. Um, you know, I mean, I've only said two, I think, right? Oh, dang. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You, well, I almost let you save me because I'm struggling to come up with my third one. Uh, but I was well, going to the month of March because it is uh, named after Mars in both the Julian and Gregorian calendars. So if you're curious about that. That's cool. Look at us. We're learning. So you have the month of March. Yeah, month of March, I mean, think about it. You have recognition. Um, it starts to get a little bit warmer, and then it immediately snows again. Yeah, honestly, so March is a cool pretty bad month. <laughs> I don't like it. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It might be the uh, If you think about the... It might be, but it's a good... But of Marches, the month of March is a good March. That's true. If that makes sense. Um the rank of seasons definitively i think i figured out fall is the king and that's i'm tired i don't know why the basic the the whole basic thing like basic girls um has taken over and claimed fall fall is great for everybody it's great for football it's great for the weather it's great for everything fall is definitively number one um depending on where you live this might be kind of a hot take, but I'm going to say winter could be a number two. If you live in a place that gets, well, hear me out, hear me out. If you live in a place where you have really bad winters and where the snow goes into like late February, um, I understand that it can be rough, but if you're in maybe a Southern state or something, winter is still King because it has all the good holidays. So you have all the winter holidays and New Year's and all that stuff. So that's why I would put that at number two. But also, conversely, spring is great um, because everything starts to thaw out. If you play golf, you can go out and play golf, and it's just, like, not insanely cold. And I think some of the best days of the year, even though I don't think that spring is the best season, some of the best days of the year are when you've been just drenched in sweat every time you go outside. Or you or drenched in sweat, I'm sorry. That's we're thinking of another time. So maybe I'm even lying and still saying that fall is king. But this is why fall is king. Is well, because I, when you're drenched in sweat all summer and you go outside and you're like, ooh, I like chilly, that. it's nice. But conversely No, I that I do like that, but that's no, why fall I is like, number one. I like being drenched in sweat. Summer's number one. You are definitively a nutcase. There is <laughs> no one on the planet who likes summer. There's spring, no one on fall, the planet who likes winter. Summer. Summer, spring, fall, I'm winter. not kidding. FNBA is dead. I'm quitting. <laughs> I like... Summer is you not get, number one. Yes, it is. You child. You're a child. Do no, you ever it's not. Get, you ever Summer get in your car only after get... it's been sitting there for a while and, like, the air in it's so thick, it, you can, like, feel it on your skin and you can barely breathe? I live for that. Okay, you're being sarcastic. No, I'm dead serious. Summer's number one. I swear. That's... I'll... You... Hand on the Bible, you are... like summer, the best. Sorry, hand on the uh, religious scripture. You are a certified nutcase. No one likes summer the best. Summer is only the best when you're a kid, because you're a child. 
No, I like it's, the heat. That's the only time it's good when you're... Why? It's the worst. I don't like having to put on layers of clothes. I'd rather just be able to walk outside in a t-shirt and shorts every day and know that that's going to be fine. I hate being cold. What you're talking about, where you can walk out in a t-shirt and shorts and it's fine, is fall like, and spring. No, like when three you walk days out, out of the week, yes. every other day it's raining or it's cold. When you walk out in summer in a t-shirt and shorts, the t-shirt will start sticking to you and you sweat and it's disgusting and it's the worst. No, I'd, I'd prefer that over being just the tiniest bit cold. I would be hard-pressed to find anyone in the world who agrees with you, besides kids who don't have to go to school. <laughs> I will give it to you when – but think about it. Think, that that completely, like, refutes your entire argument. The reason why there's no school during summer is because it was physically too hot for children to learn. And so they stopped going to school during that. Like, I, I think that's that – it's anything? insanity. Because it's too hot. That's That's summer. Right, but that doesn't. Or they were like, "Wow, we all want to be outside. None of us want to work right now because we want to go. We want to go get a good sweat on." <sighs> no, and I. I mean, I'll give it to you. Like the beach is awesome. The pool is great. But then after that, if, when but that's when you're on vacation, and that's when you're like a kid. When you're a grown up and you have to go to work and you have to go outside, you're telling me you enjoy the feeling of putting on a uniform. And feeling it just like be hot. Um, better than being cold. Erroneous, erroneous on all accounts. I cannot believe this. Any, I can believe it. I believe it th that you think this way, but I don't think anyone else in the world thinks this, unless you're talking to people under the age of twenty-three. I guess when you graduate college, and then priors maybe a little bit older. Me Wild take for me and my man. Mm. More like you and the underages. Anyway, um, so that was contentious. But let's go ahead and close this out with a little bit of minutes. Fastneatbelowaverage.com. Spell average AVG to get all your FNBA gear. Um, that's really it. I don't need to. I don't need to sell it any more than I just did. That's good. So the final thing that I will say before we close this out is if you've not heard us talk about this, a huge, huge support. I'm not going to pander. Um, we like to partner with brands when we can um, who provide an awesome product that we believe in and then we want to help you out. So we want, we're only going to work with anybody who's mutually beneficial for both us and you guys. And the company that we found who is doing that and kind of fits in that sweet spot is Strikeforce Energy. They sell energy drinks that come in six milliliter packets you can mix it into whatever you want whether it's water soda um soda kind of defeats the purpose because it's no calorie no sugar no carbs but um we really believe in it comes in a lot of great flavors and if you go to strikeforceenergy.com um and enter promo code fnba at checkout you can get 20 percent off your order and support the podcast um not just the podcast i guess fnba in general uh, we really believe in the brand uh, we use it ourselves, and it's an awesome product, and we would really appreciate it if you guys would use that. So that's really all we got today. Uh, I promise. I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to say it now. If you're listening to this, it is. it was put up on the day it was recorded. Whoa. You say bold? 
I said, whoa. <laughs> yeah. All right. So right that's here. all we got for you guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. All right. See ya. So, yeah, I can be a pilot at the Air Force Academy. I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit. You have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just where you got to compete. Welcome. To thin air. I'm doing my thizzle, my nizzle, my nizzle. I work me the price on the middle, the middle. I keep me a bag of skittles, skittles. Trying to get you a radical feeling. A real automatic, it came with no ceiling. Automatic. All this trapping, it got you offended.